Go Welcome ahead. to the goalie corner, Windsor Spitfire goalie, Xavier Medina. I uh, hope you're having a great day, Xavier, and uh, excited to hear about your journey to the OHL and what's next for you after this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the future holds, but hopefully we can sign an NHL or AHL deal. And if I got to stay in Windsor for one more year, that's not so bad. Either. It's a very good not place so to play. Yeah. It's pretty warm this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're freezing. I have to start the remote to start the car every morning. <laughs> At least you have that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's start off with a few softball questions to warm up here. Okay. Uh, who's your favorite goalie? Um, I probably got to say I like Mark. I like a couple of goalies. I like Mark Andre Fleury. I like his personality. I like Harry Price, how smooth he is. And I like Carter, Hutt, uh, Carter Hart's game. So I'm going to go with those three. That's not a bad three to pick off of. <laughs> Why did you become a goalie? Um, so I, I moved to Florida uh, with my mom and um, she was uh, our goalie when went out of town and I was watching uh, Chris Osgood and I was like, oh, mom, I can play goalie. I can play goalie. And then I fell in love with it. And then when I went back home to Michigan, I, I just kept playing. Why did you stick with being a goalie? Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess I guess it's a good question. I mean, I was I was actually a forward too before and I was actually really good at forward, but. I mean, I just had more fun at playing goalie. And also, my dad was a goalie, too. So, like, when he would play beer league hockey and come home with all his gear, I thought that was pretty cool, too. So, he probably had a little bit of an impact on that. Oh, just a little bit? Yeah, probably a lot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, well, there's the warm-up. Can you give us, like, a brief history? So, you went to Florida, I think you said, and then you came back to Michigan? yeah, so I moved to Florida when I was um, probably about eight. Uh, I moved to Florida. From, like, I was playing hockey before then. Um, and I moved back to Michigan. I, I kept playing hockey. And then, we, like, we, I knew about hockey, but my dad joined hockey late. So he didn't really know what was going on. So he signed me up for a team that was two years older than me. And I somehow <laughs> I made the team. And then as, as, we got, as I was growing up, like, like people that knew what they were doing in hockey kind of told my parents that like I should go down a level. Cause like I actually have a shot, like I'm, I'm pretty good. And so like we went down a level, well, it was double a, but I was still playing a year old. And then my double a coach was like, you need to bring him down to his own level. He's ready for triple a. Like, like we think he's really good. And then um, Chris Draper, he's actually, he has actually has a kid my age. So um, he found interest in me. And I was playing for Little Caesars, and then we went to the Quebec, and then we went to the break. Like, we did all that stuff. And then uh, we were winning a lot of, like, championships with that team. I think, I think I played for Draper for five years, and we were in the top three in the country for four of them, or five, all five. I think there was only one year that we finished third. So, like, a very successful team, yeah. And then, like, mom and dad just thought it was time. Like, I, I got we got to change it up, right? Like, I was with the team five years, so... I went to uh, U14 Beltire, and then I ended up breaking my shoulder and had surgery on my shoulder. And then, like, oh, it's the year before the draft, so like, like the like, as a as an American player, like you don't really know about about the OHL. Like, all you all they teach about is USHL in college. So, you know, I was trying to focus in school while my shoulder was broken and um, try to get my grades up and like, like 
like do the process, go through the null, go through the USHL and hopefully get a scholarship. And then I, I healed way faster than we expected. And um, so I, I ended up making a U16 Honey Bake team and they were very, very talented, very good coach, uh, Jason Deskins. I still talk to him to this day, but so he ended up taking me on his team. I had a really, really good year. Um, I made the top 40 program for USA Hockey. And then um, as I was at that camp, uh, you, um, Windsor Spitfires were talking to me, saying that they would love for me to come play with them, that they were going to draft me. And that opened up a whole new jar because, like, mom and dad didn't really know about the OHL. They just knew the USHL. That, that's what they thought was normal. And so I got drafted. Ended up, Windsor ended up drafting me. Didn't sign first year like we were bummed out like like they told us one thing and another thing happened and then so I went to Muskegon and then I, I told mom and dad like it's far like it's three and a half hours and I wasn't even playing so I came back home played U18 Grizzlies and then I ended up signing with the Spirits and so and I'm here gotcha. today still. yeah that's wild you t- you kind of touched on a handful of questions I had for you <laughs> yeah um We'll try to go in order here, but that's I can dig deeper into them if you want. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty cool for sure. So, the next question I had here was since you're from Detroit, it might be a little bit different, like your minor hockey compared to like Canada's minor hockey. Like, everybody here kind of plays when they first begin underneath, uh, like a minor hockey association that's town based, yeah, so you don't really necessarily get to choose hey you know what like i've had my time with little caesars i'm going to uh i can't remember the, the oh, other okay. location you yeah. said yeah right so, yeah so for us it's like it's it's kind of crazy like like it's it's like your head coach so like you like head coaches will call you like i was i was 14 and i had three head coaches call me to come play for their like i was i was still a kid I, like i didn't know what decision i was making i didn't know if you were a good coach or not right and so That's it's kind of crazy, like, yeah, like, like some people move, like I've, I've had somebody's move like hours away from home just to come play for a certain coaches. Like, That's crazy. And not to brush over the fact that when you started hockey or started being a goalie, you were playing for two ages higher. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. And it's, so when you, so you were essentially like learning the craft at a higher level. And then when it was, when people told you like you were good enough to play triple A or anything, you went back down to your age group and just excelled. Yeah. Like, like I gotta, I gotta give it to my coach. Right. Cause like, I was like, I was like, I think I was 10 when I was playing two years up and everyone was 12. So he, he kept me to higher standards. Right. Like he didn't, he didn't care how old I was. He just knew like I had to come out there and, and like, I had to like make th- those guys good at practice too. Right. Like he, like, because I, I would have like coaches like they're like oh he's younger so like they would flick pucks at me like and try to get me to save the puck but this this coach he was ripping them at me like like I was 12 too right and I honestly yeah. like I honestly think that made me a better player and I like I was little so like I didn't know I just thought that's what how that's how he shot so I didn't say anything like my dad still tells me to this day that I should call that coach and thank him every day that he did that for me that he thinks that helped me a lot how did your parents know who to listen to when they approached you with advice about your future career? Okay, that's good. Um, so I luckily I, I had an I had an agent when I was when I was 14, 15, I got an agent and um he was he was 
uh, I'll say his name, Ryan Barnes. He was he was really good. So he um, he would point me in the right direction. Like he knew like as we were getting like as like my my parents really like I'm a middle child. So like my oldest brothers didn't play, so they didn't really know what was going on. They were still learning as I was learning. So like we we got an agent, and he he like walked us through and gave us backgrounds on people like. Um, this coach had 10 guys move on in the last 20 years, or this guy had 20 guys move on. You know, so like he kind of helped us out like in that aspect. So that, that's, it's huge for us. Like, and then now, like now that we're older and I have little brothers, like we kind of know the process. So now like we're going through it again with my little brother. So now we know what to expect and what to look for in a coach. That's pretty cool. And just to make a side point, you've mentioned more about, knowing the coaches that you're about to potentially play for than like the association or like kind of the culture behind that entity. Right. It's, it's the coach has so important. Yeah. Like for us, like, um, like, like for one, for me, it's like, like you can't play for a guy that you don't like. Right. Like, like, yeah. let's just say I was like, you're not going to play through an injury for a guy that you don't like, but it, like, like for all my coaches, like I still talk to all of them to this day. Like, if I had a broken leg and if I could skate, I would play for that guy. Like I had a couple of coaches that I'd run through a brick wall for. Right. And like, it's, it's huge. Cause you, you see those guys almost every day. So you might as well make a bond with them. Right. You might like, so yeah, like, like I've, I've, I've learned like, the, like once you build a bond with the coach, like everything just runs so much smoother. And like, like once they start trusting you and then like, then you can, you can build the culture, right. You can lead by example. If the coach trusts you, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay. Why don't we go to what I looking from the outside in. Okay. Okay. In Canada, we talk a lot about the O, a lot about WHL, a lot about the Q, right? Okay. Kind of like the untapped like gold mine for us is the USHL. Okay. Right. So I'm assuming, cause you kind of touched on it that, you're going to go through that process before Windsor approached you, right? Yeah. How did you actually make the decision of not going to the USHL route and deciding to go to the O? Um, so for us, uh, again, I had an agent at the time. And so, like, I'm not saying anything bad about the USHL, but the USHL is more of like um, you play your four or five years in the USHL, you develop as a player, and then you go play another four years in college. So, like, by that time, you're, you're what, 26, 27, going into, let's just say, your AHL or your first NHL game, right? Unless you're unreal and they sign you out of the USHL, very rare, or they like they let you develop in college. So, for me, it was kind of um, – like the like the USHL is like a long process, right? Like you're trying you're trying to extend your hockey career. Like it's not like it's not a bad route, right? Everyone develops at different times. So me and my parents just thought it's best. Like like I'm not like I'm not gonna really develop anymore in the USHL. Go to the OHL. There's a lot of guys that are already signed in the NHL. Like those are pro players in the league. So like we thought that that would be better for me. I like that answer. That's definitely a, a lot different approach yeah. to making that. It's a huge decision, right? And it sounds yeah. like you've done your research and you you made the choice that best suits your game. Yes, exactly. What are some other hard decisions that you've had to make in your career, right? You mentioned at 
14, 15, you got an agent. You were getting phone yeah. calls from head coaches at the age of 14. Yeah. Like, how did you, besides doing your homework on the coach, like, how did you, how were you able to make those decisions? Um, so uh, I actually had to sit down and talk with a lot of them. Like, like, like well, growing up, like with the coaches, I had to sit down and talk with um, with each coach. They, they took me out to lunch or something. And then we just, they got to know him. And then I picked what one I thought was going to be best for me. And then, like you said, signing as an American player, signing as an OHL or going to the OHL. Um, I just, like a lot, like a lot of, like, I'm a huge family guy. So, like, I'll just sit down with my family and we'll have a discussion and what we think is best for me. And that's how we really decide our, our big decisions. If is this like a family discussion. What was it like stepping into the league and getting the opportunity to battle for a starting position instead of like just being like hey you're back up coming into the league like like i i knew it was going to be very very hard but the game was just so much faster and everything and like like you said like prakari peron and he's like he helped me through a lot like i could ask him anything any questions and he would uh he would walk me through he would help me he would show me what to do and then also um we had our goalie coach perry wilson um we worked summers before and he helped my game tremendously. Like he he made me to the goalie who I am today, right? So like having him there every day, walking me through it, going through film is huge. And then like you said, that the like the starting position, like I mean, Kari had he had a year in the league above me. So like obviously I knew I wasn't gonna come in and just play 25 games right away. So like I knew every day I'd have to chip away at it. And then like good for him. Luckily, he went to um he went to world juniors for 12 games and, and instead of our GM like pulling the trigger and trying to trade for a guy in that, in that time, uh, they actually trusted me for those 12 games. I played all 12 and I, wow. I think I went, yeah, uh, I think, I think I went like, like eight, four or eight, three and one or something like that. And so like, I think that's, that's when I really like got my coach's attention was like, like, like this kid can play. And um, like when Car came back, like, like he was a little shaky, so like I just kept playing games when he was uh, when he came back, and I think that helped me tremendously. And unfortunately, like I didn't get playoff experience because of COVID, but it's all right. Like it's part of the game. Going to like your game on ice, what are like your like top three strengths or best characteristics? If someone was to watch, sit down, and be like, okay, he is exceptional at X Y Z. Um. So. I think uh, I move. I think I've, I move well on my feet. Like some guys would slide, and I I prefer to move on my feet. I think I do that very well. I I, I think I um I read the game very well too. Like like some guys might not even notice things I notice. And then another one is like no matter what, like I'm gonna compete, right? Like we I could our let's just say another guy starts and he lets in four in the first. I'm going to give my team the best chance to come back and win. Right. Like I'm going to try to keep it at four, like no matter what, like I'm always going to compete for my guys. I think that's one thing that you'll always notice. Here's kind of a, an oddball question to you. Okay. I'm going to add or give you the heads up and I'm looking for an outside the box answer. Okay. What does hard work look like to you? Oh, um, Hard work to me is uh, someone someone who goes in when they don't want to go in. Like a lot of guys, like when you see a lot of guys working out, 
and doing stuff like working on their game yeah it's easy to go join them and work on it but is it is it easy to go work hard when no one else is in the room or no one else is watching you or even like 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 you don't know if the results are going to even be worth it but are you still willing to put that hard work in that that's what hard work is to me yeah i could not agree more okay here's another kind of putting you on the spot that's like what separates you from the rest of the goalies in the league? Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know, but I can't say, if, like, I don't, like, personally, I don't know a lot of goalies in the league, but, like, I think I've, like, I have a really, really strong bond with my teammates. Like, like when my teammates, like, when I'm in, when they, like, they know I'm back there, like, I think they'll, they'll, they're not as scared to block shots. Like, they know, like, like, he's a good guy off the ice, like, maybe they are willing to sacrifice their body for me because they know I'm willing to do it for them. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. I think that that's what probably separates us. And like, it's, I think it's working so far in this year. I don't think I've ever heard that answer. <laughs> Good on you for going outside the box with that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, just a couple more questions here. Oh, you're fine. Um, going into potential professional camps or even like junior camps when you first went to Windsor. Yeah. What do you think helped you to stand out? Um, like I was like, for me, it was like, I was like, when I came into Windsor, I was willing to learn so much. Right. Like I think a lot of guys, like when they go into camps or like, they're like, they're like a little, they think they're the best, right? Like, like I'm coming in, like I knew I wasn't the best, but I knew I was good, right? So, like, I just soaked everything in, like, like learn from older guys, or like, like, just like put your pride to the side and ask guys questions and learn things. You know what I mean? And may, like, all it can do is help your game, or you can learn something from them. So that that's the approach I took. So you you went into every camp just being a sponge. Yeah, right. just trying to soak, just trying to soak everything in, and and it's like I think that helped me a lot. Okay, what are three skills or abilities that you think every goalie should like have mastered? Um, short memory for sure. Like if you give a bad goal, you got to forget it before the puck drops. Um, I think every goalie should be able to compete, no matter what. Should be able to always compete. For the say, like you should never give up on a play. You never know what can happen, and um, probably the ability to read a play. I think that's something they should be able to, to learn. Yeah, all stuff that they can. That's totally like themselves dependent. Right? Yeah, you don't need a goalie coach for any of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Easy. That just made my job a little easier. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Over here, Western Canada, I've been talking to a good amount of goalies about, like, their pregame routine. Like, minor hockey is getting into playoffs, uh, soon to be, like, provincials and championships and stuff like that. So yeah. there's a lot of nerves going around right now. And a lot of people are changing what they're doing. Okay. Right? And it's, for me, it's like, okay, you've had the same routine all season long. Like, why are you changing it, especially for playoffs? Yeah, right. for me, yeah, like, like for me, it's like um, my routine. My routine, like, a routine for me is something you just don't think about. So, like, like for me, like, so I'll walk you through my routine. Like, I get to the rink about two hours, two and a half hours before the game. Um, 
I put my sticks on the bench and then I go like, like I, I stay loose. Like I talk to the guys, laugh, but I'm still listening to music. Like I'm still focused in, but I'm like, I'm, you don't want to be so uptight because that's how you make mistakes. And then we go through our power play film. Then we go through a PK film. And then sometimes we have a team meeting. Sometimes we don't. And then we go play soccer. And then I go back to my sticks and I take my sticks and I listen to music and then that's it, right? Like, then I go get dressed. Once that 40 o'clock hits, I'm looking to get dressed. Like, I'm finishing up what I'm doing and I get dressed. But, like, like I've like I've had great games when I did that routine and I've had bad games when I do the routine. But, like, like you never like – the routine, you never break it. You never change it no matter, like, what the outcome is. You know, like, like to change it for playoffs, it's like I feel like you're just putting more, like, unnecessary pressure on yourself. Like, like yes, playoffs, like, like everything matters a little bit more in playoffs, but like you're you're there for a reason, right? Like that routine is what got you there, so you might as well stick with it and live with the outcome. Absolutely. Okay, you kind of touch on this with the pressure. Okay, I'm gonna just change it to emotions here. Okay. How do you control your emotions in like high stress situations? Uh, so that's funny. So I learned, like, I read a I read a book. I read a book this uh, during the season and um, actually um, it, I learned to take my emotions out of the game. Like, like you can't be too high. You can't be too low. Cause that's how, that's how things break down. Right. So I've learned to just keep an even kill on the ice. And then like, like, yeah, you can go celebrate with your team after the, after you win. Right. But on the ice, like, let's just say you, you go down two goals, you're, you can't have bad body language because the bench reads that or your coaches read that. And it's like, oh, Medina's out of the game or he's not ready anymore. It's like, no, you got to keep a nice even kill. So like guys, like, like let's just say you're getting outshot 20 to five and you're losing two one. They look down at the other end and you're cool, calm and collective. That's going to give your guys confidence to go keep playing and hopefully figure it out. What was the book that you read? Uh, it's called uh, Relentless. And I think it's good. Oh. <laughs> it's great. I had a feeling. I had a feeling it was the relentless book. Yeah. That book's yeah, been going cool. around like crazy this year. Yeah, I read it. It's yeah, probably one of the best books I've read. Oh, no doubt. Looking back on your career, what's the biggest or best highlight that you cherish the most? Oh, okay. There's two. Obviously, my first win in the OHL, like that's huge for me. And then probably my TSN save that's that's probably my my big <laughs> my big moment in the in the OHL for my career like it's an unbelievable save and I'll probably never forget that that's pretty cool was it a TSN turning moment save uh no we ended up losing the game still but like I don't know if you've ever seen it but like I hit I hit I hit the post off my back and I did like a 180 like a 360 and got it with my glove Oh, I didn't even recognize that was you. I know exactly the same. That was you. In Kitchener, yeah, that was me. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Okay. Uh, all right, two last ones, and then then we can wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, what's something that you wish someone told you when you were in Peewee and Bantam? So, like, U13, U15 age. Um, probably, probably to just enjoy it like have fun like it like as much stress and everything there is it's just like you're not going to play the game forever so just have fun with it and enjoy the moments that you have and don't be afraid to make friends with your teammates <laughs> don't be afraid eh? yeah 
Uh, all right. And then what's been the best goalie lesson or tip that you've received? Um, to, to put in the work consistently, like, like if you're doing a drill, if you're doing a rep, stay consistent with it. Don't keep flipping sides, stay with one side. And every time you restart, stick with that same side. And cause like once you're consistent, once your habits stay consistent, then you will be consistent. It's a good outlook. It's a good outlook. Okay. Xavier Medina, I really appreciate you coming on today and doing this, taking the time out of your busy day, I'm sure. Um, best of luck in the playoffs. Kick some butt. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it.